Welcome back to Drop Into Life Podcast, Episode 6. In today's episode, I have the opportunity to interview my mom. We chat about her choice to leave her birthplace of Mississippi in pursuit of adventure in the Northeast. My mom shares her thoughts on raising children and how she has changed over time. Finally, we talk about projects she's been working on and advice she has for the current generation of young people. And just before we start, I want to say that we did record this episode in our dining room, so there might be some background noise on the recording. If you hear it, I'm sorry about that. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the podcast. And without further ado, this is Drop Into Life Podcast, Episode 6. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to Drop Into Life Podcast, Episode 6. It's finally Episode 6, and I just want to say for all of you who have been listening, like I said before, thank you for listening, and please continue on. As I said before, I, I would have been focusing on being more consistent, or I said I would focus on being more consistent, and I know that the last podcast was two weeks ago, so here's the next one, and I have some other guests lined up for the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned. Today I have a very special guest. I have my mom with me, so you'll be able to hear from the woman that birthed me. That's what you'll be able to hear. You'll be able to hear a little bit about her story and what she's doing now. Um, and yeah, it should be really fun. So mom, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. And let me just say too, that this podcast, it took a little while to do this. It really did. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be doing this podcast on Friday, but there's no, no problem at all. No complaints because we're doing it now. Thank God, you know, and yeah, hopefully we have a great podcast. So let's get right into this. Uh, first things first, uh, I'm sure that a lot of the my podcast audience does not know you, so let's get to know you a little bit. You actually are not from the Northeast. You're from the South. You came from, you're from Mississippi, right? You're from the, you're from the South. So, and eventually when you were in your teenage years, you moved up to New York City. So if you can detail the transition and why you chose to, to move from Mississippi to the city, that'd be great. Okay, I, I did move from the south. I grew up on the uh, Gulf Coast of Mississippi with a relatively large family. Um, I lived there pretty much all my life until my college years. I, the best way I can describe it is that I was born there, but I didn't feel connected to it. Uh, I've always known that I would not live there, that uh, because it just um, there was not a connection. I moved to the U.S. Northeast um, uh, when I again t- in my college years. It wasn't my plan to move to New York City. I had planned to move to Europe. I was getting ready to move there, and my father said, "Well, you can't move there because if you move there, then no one would ever see you." So I gave him a year. I said that I would live in New York City for a year. If it didn't work out, I was just going. I would move to Europe and just live there. But after a year, um, everything fell into place. So um, that's pretty much why. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if I would have remained in the South, I would have had a decent profession, etc. But I decided to move here and, and I'm glad I did. Okay, that's good. 
Yeah, and you you were living that city life. You've been telling my my twin and I, my brother and I, about you know stories of working up in the northeast in the city, doing things, going to college up there, and yeah, so. You were having, <laughs> you were having, you were having a good time. You're having fun. You're <laughs> right. going out to clubs yeah. and everything. You you tell us these stories. So you were doing that. You're doing a lot. You're doing a lot, and that's good. So, but what what's interesting to me is that, and I just want to highlight this for a little bit is that you say that you didn't really feel a deep connection to Mississippi, but like you said, you have many other siblings, right? You have several other siblings. And they did not follow the same path. And obviously, they're not the same people. We're not expecting that they're, they're carbon copies of you and they're going to follow in the same footsteps as you and like everything you like and whatever. But to me, it's just kind of interesting that, you know, some of them decided to stay wherever they are now. And, but you decided to go to the Northeast. Right. So to me, and also, too, you took care of the family, too. You're one of the older ones, too, right? So you took care of them. So you, the person who is kind of taking care of your younger siblings now leaving to go to a different place is quite interesting as well. So how did they handle that? Were they older at that point that they could, you know, take care of themselves? Like what, how did that work out? But no, it's interesting. I think, I think that because I was one of the older siblings, I had to uh, sort of care for the younger siblings. I, I believe that that contributed to my sense of responsibility. I was always very responsible. Um, and I, when I left, they were young. I mean, it was sort of sad because they wrote me letters uh, that I read on the way here you know, that they would miss me. And, and my mom said, well, you know, you can change your mind whenever you want to. You can come back. But um, I was moving on to another, another adventure. Another adventure. That sounds like a life that I like. And yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting, I'm moving into that now. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And, and also I want to ask about the transition to the city because, and it's more specifically, uh, having to do with homesickness. Uh, did you feel any homesickness at all? How was that? Was the transition to the city difficult? Because it's not, obviously it's, it's not the same. It's very different from, uh, unless, from, from. yeah, from where you came from, right? If I'm not mistaken. So, so how did that work out? Or did you just kind of ease into that pretty well and you, you took it on and, you know, it was just, that was just your life at that point? No, I, I don't think um, there was any difficulties moving into the city. I mean, the area where I grew up is about 45 minutes east of New Orleans. So mm. I had spent some time in, in that particular city. Uh, moving up here, it was just a great adventure because New York City is unlike... Um, any other city in the the world. I mean, it it offers um, so many different little pockets of, you know, creativity of uh, just a lot of movement. It had a different energy. Um, so every day, going out and and trying new things, trying new food, searching the different areas, the different pockets of the city. To me, it was just very exciting. I didn't have time to think about what was, you know, remaining in my my hometown. So it was just very, uh, you very said, exciting. You said it's time. It's time, you know, for something new, and you just, you just went. Okay, wow. I did. Yeah. We're independent, and I think that that's more independent than I can say me at that at that age. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even start the last. Yeah, so I went to Canada not not too long ago, and that was when. Yeah, I was 20 when I went, you know, but yeah, I mean, other than that, 
also too you were going to other countries as well around your teenage years of course right you were doing that as well right you, well i think you said as well my my first time going to europe i think i was i don't know around somewhere between 18 and 19 wow, was my okay. first time going yeah so so that and also too moving to another state i haven't done that but you have done that and that's pretty interesting like you afforded that how did you afford living in the city i mean obviously now people would expect that the you know rent has you know, rent is a lot and you know it's hard to live in the city so how did you fund that how did you afford to live in the city i had a roommate i split the apartment with a roommate so that made it affordable oh that's a good idea yeah i didn't think about it. that's a good idea okay all right my my former roommate needs to he needs to he can hear <laughs> that he can hear that but yeah, okay, interesting. I didn't know some of those stories that you were talking about. Right. Well, the yeah. rents were awfully, you know, also a lot cheaper than they are now. The rents are a lot higher. Yeah, that's what I hear. So. Yeah. Okay. But is yeah, a roommate helps. A roommate helps. Yeah. Okay. That's good news to know for the future for me, while I'm getting more mature. Yes. Yes. So you moved from Mississippi to from the south from Mississippi to the city. You're more independent now. You know, you've been independent, as you've been saying, but you're more, you know, you're more independent now. You're kind of on your own. You're going to college. You're, you're doing all this stuff. Now, what I want to do is fast forward to uh, basically you having children, you having my, my brother and I. And looking, I, want, I would like you to look back at that time. And okay. yeah, so I like, I, yes, so I like to ask you... Um, what question can I even ask you? I just like to ask you first of all, did you expect to have twins? No, no. Uh, I, because she I did think. have twins. I'm one of the twins, but did you expect to have twins? I did and, not. Yeah, how you look back on that? Well, yeah. it's, it's it's interesting because you know, as you stated, I was always very independent. It was never, you know, all of my friends who I went to high school with will tell you, well, Sonia. You know, she's never getting married. She's never having kids. That was my thing. I was going to be independent without marriage, no kids, all the way up to the point where I, um, up to the point where, you know, I became a, a Christian and, you know, started, you know, living my life the way, you know, according to God's word, right? Um, I decided I would get married then. Before then, I was going to be a modern woman, you know, independent, traveling the world. Just well, you were doing, doing that. You were doing I, that. I, I was, too. Yes. I mean, I'd say that you were. Yes, um, I was. And then, you know, I met your dad. Uh, I didn't meet him in Europe, but I met him here. And um, we got married. And we were married about five years before we decided uh, that we would have you guys. And um, it happened that way. I was shocked when, when I discovered that I would have twins. But, but didn't you, but, but I, I, if, you, if I'm not mistaken, I remember you telling me a story that you prayed for twins. I did pray. For twins? I pray. Am I, I right I about that? I just prayed for a baby. I don't know if I necessarily prayed for twins. Oh, I thought I heard that. Well? Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, no. But you got twins. You got a great package. You got two. You got two. Two boys. Your, your father was very happy when he learned that you, you, you guys are boys. Oh, okay. okay. And yeah. now? Your son is interviewing you now. Yes. The son that you birthed is interviewing yes. you now. Yes, quite yes. a turn I'm of things. I'm dropping into life podcast. Yes, I'm quite proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so that's an interesting chain of events there. It, it, it most certainly interesting is. Interesting chain of events. Okay, and so and now in current day, right? In this day right now that I'm interviewing you, 
I want to ask you, looking back on that, looking back on your life as being, you know, uh, as you said, you want to be a modern, independent woman. Like, how have you changed? And how, just what are your thoughts on the past years uh, as from, from that time, Mississippi, up until now uh, to current day? Like, do you have any other... I don't know. I, I think that from then leading up to now, there's been so many things that that has happened. So many, uh, you know, a life takes different turns and different twists and turns. And it, um, it changes your character, shape who you are. Your mindset changes over years. Um, I think that I was this young, ideal um, woman, independent, getting ready to move to, you know, an adventure in the city or Europe. It was really Europe um, to begin with. Um, up until now, I, I think what really changed me, first of all, I had some really great experiences, great jobs. You know, I met some a lot of interesting people. Um, I think what really changed my life was when I became a Christian, right? When I became a Christian, that changed everything. Um, you know, my mindset changed. I mean, I still loved, you know, the city and, you know, uh, going to different uh, venues, etc. But, you know, I had a, a focus. My focus at that point became to find out what my purpose on life is. And, and that included my family. I mean, I, I loved having twins. Oh my goodness, we had the most fun. I would rush home and take your shoes off. And take, the first thing I would do when you guys were like three months old, I would come home and take you on a walk. I'd like the little air to go between the toes and, and we'd walk and talk. We'd go to the park and, you know, we, we did a lot of fun stuff when you were, were little. And as you grew up, I think we still did a lot of fun stuff. Um, it was absolutely great. Um, I wouldn't change any part of, you know, uh, having twins and raising you guys is great. Uh, but I think that, as I said, it was Christianity that really changed my mindset when I uh, had this desire to find out why I'm here. And when I learned to actually hear from God, um, and I began hearing from him, being directed from him, that changed everything because I, I then knew what my purpose was, is, what my purpose is, and start to work toward it. You know, there's a point, I think, in every, not in, there's a point in your maturity and your walk with, with God that he begins to guide you and then it's no longer your will but it's his will so it became not about me anymore up until then i think it was about me then it was about you guys then it was about then it was about god and god alone you know keeping you guys in in focus but his will became my will so my desire was to do the things that he's made me to do because that's what success is success to me is to find out why you're here and to accomplish it because then you can say I fulfilled my purpose right and so that's um, where everything changed and the things that I do now the things the majority of the things leading up to this point um, to the point where I knew what God's purpose for me was um, 
became about him and not about me and not about you know my household but strictly about him yeah that was that was a lot there's a lot to to discuss a lot to take in and yeah talking about things like purpose and and god's will over our will and i think that those are those are all things that we as young people learn over time need to learn over time right and so but let, let me just let me just say that yeah you said that your life changed when when you start to become when you actually became christian things right. really started to change and if we're really talking about it, if you're really trying to if you're really reading the bible uh um, seeking god reading reading god's word and seeing what it says i mean you have what the world does and what everyone else does and you have what christians do so for example jesus said if you for a great example if you hate your brother then you know you're in danger of the fire of hell for example right if you if you like hate is something really big out there, you know what I mean? If you look at a woman lustfully, then you know, you've already committed adultery in your heart. You get what I'm saying? Like things like that. These are countercultural, really really interesting things, countercultural things, powerful things, you know, that Jesus said um in the Bible. So the things that are said in the Bible are something that if you really try to follow them, they will they require a change. They really do require right. a change of the person. And if the person is really trying to fall in line with God and really trying to change, then you will see the change. And that's, and you'll you really see the change. So I just want to say that. And of course, I don't, it doesn't seem like to me that it's a, it's a huge, um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like to me, like I'm not very surprised that you're saying these things. Because again, like I said, the Bible and God, if you're really trying to be Christian and fall in line with what it says, requires a huge change of your life. And also, too, you talked about um, turning away your focus from, you know, yourself and putting it towards God's will. And then now you're doing things to help other people as well. Again, I think that that's something that even I can can work on. Like, I'm not doing volunteer stuff right now, but I've been thinking about it a lot. So, yes, I do think that maybe I can be focusing more on not only myself, but also maybe helping other people. So that's really good, too. I just want to say that. And also... We can get back to that. We'll get back to that. But I do want to take the audience on a little bit of a different journey for a second. Because I remember when I was working for summer camp for the YMCA. I did that two summers. And when I was working at the YMCA summer camp, and I was taking care of these children, um, young children, I think ages like 8 to, eight to, eight to how do I say it, 7 to 9, actually. I think 7 to 9. I was taking care of these children... And some days it was difficult. Sometimes the children, you know, might be disrespectful, might not, might not listen, this and that. And what I found was that, you know, being a parent is not necessarily the easiest. And I thought to myself, you know, my mom has been doing some stuff. She has really been, if anything, you know, she's, she's, she's been there. Basically, you've been there all the time for us. You know, you do all these good things for us. And, you know, obviously growing up and even maybe now... It's not even about repaying you because at this point, I mean, it's really not even about repaying you. It's just about, you know, for me, I'm, I'm trying to notice now that raising kids is work. And I learned that just from doing summer camp eight hours a day in the summer for like five days a week. So you did that every day. And that was that was your job for, you know, for a long time. It's still your job now. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was your job. So hats off. You know, thank you, mom, for being there, you know. God bless you. Thank you. And also, too, for all the all the people listening, you know, just know that your parents, you know, they 
you know, sacrifice, they do, they sacrifice for you. They put in that, yeah, they just do things for you. And, you know, just, just notice that they love you. They're doing things for you and that you uh, should be grateful for that. And again, maybe I should be more grateful for that as well. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. Think and that... nobody's perfect and nobody's perfect. Let me just say nobody no. is, but yeah. The so parents... I just wanted to add that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But parents really do what they do. I mean, I don't, know any parent who is expecting a payback there you know we just do what we do because we love you and that that's how that works yeah and also too let me just say that uh okay and i'm saying okay because i'm not a parent yet but it's it's a huge i feel like it's a huge sacrifice yeah huge sacrifice of what you want too because again some people in my household and one of my friends who listens to these podcasts would say that sometimes I might be a little bit stingy and greedy with my food, for example. <laughs> and I know that I, here's one thing that I know. If I come in the house and I bring, no, no, here's one. No, I'm going to say this because it's good. Here's one thing that I know. If I come in the house with food, right? If I come in the house with food and, and I, I buy it from the grocery store, some good snacks and stuff that I might look forward to eating later on down the line, not too far. If I put that, those snacks and that food in the communal refrigerator, meaning the refrigerator that's downstairs in the kitchen that everyone uses, then there's a good chance, there's, there's a chance that that food might be, you know, shared and eaten, you know, whatever. <laughs> but if I put the food upstairs where I put, put the food in my room, then it's a different story, right? right? What I'm trying to say is that parents, they're not necessarily hiding food or saving food from their children. They're putting it in the communal thing. They're using their own money and sharing even things that they might not necessarily want to share or maybe yeah maybe would have shared if you know i don't know maybe different circumstances i don't know but you have to you're spreading yourself out a little bit you know what i mean that that's the, that's the only thing that i'll say so that a sacrifice of that and monetarily of course and also you know time and and energy and all that stuff well you know what that's what parents do parents do it is a it is a work of love. It's a work of sacrifice, but that's just what we do. Okay. We don't even think about it. You know, provision for our children uh, is part of the job. And that wasn't that bad, right? No. What I just said wasn't that bad. No. I know you were no. saying don't. Nah. Okay. It was, that's good. It was, I know you're saying don't say that, but what I said was not bad. No, it was not. It was a funny, hopefully it's funny. Hopefully it's you guys funny. laugh at that. And hopefully, you know, you guys... Have a good time listening to the podcast because we try to we're we're being real on this podcast. That's the whole that's the whole point of this podcast to share people's stories, to be real, to have a good time. And when you're listening, wherever you are, that you're listening to it and you know that the people on the other end are human and that they know what you're dealing with, you know what they're dealing with. We're all human. Right. And and there you go. It's it's great. It's great to, to know that. And maybe you can learn something from it, be inspired. You know, to do great things, to go to church, follow, uh, you know, um, read the Bible more, I don't know, pray more, uh, push back against fear more, do a lot of things. So, yeah, hopefully that's the inspiration for this um, podcast. And obviously, for me, I would say do all those things in Jesus' name as well, Um, the most powerful name there is. Right, absolutely. And and that's, that's what I recommend all of the... All of the audience and all of the people I interview, but anyways, yeah. So I just wanted to add in that that story because I think that that's that's important too. And yeah, I mean, I like my food. You know, I like to, as you guys know. Well, but, you know, we're foodies. We yeah. we like different. 
food, different cuisines from different parts of the world. Yeah. Good food. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that in about you. But back to what you were saying before about your life being changed. Uh, so you said that your, things really started to change when you became Christian. We kind of went over that. But now, we're talking about now and current day, there are some interesting things that you're doing now. First, I want to start with the book that you wrote a few years ago. Um, so yes, my mom actually wrote a book, um, and which is which is pretty cool. Uh, I want you to tell the audience what the name is uh, of the book, why you wrote the book, what it's about. Just give some, please give some details into that. Okay, the name of the book is called Presumptuous Faith. Now that is a big name, Presumptuous uh, Faith. Um, it came about a few years ago when I ask a question. I ask a question um, because many people in the world, they say, um, God knows my heart. They use those words a lot. Um, Also, they use the words once saved, always saved. And for me, it was, those words are questionable. It's like, how is it possible that once saved, always saved, if God is asking us to repent? If we was save, you know, uh, once save, always save, then why is he asking us to, to repent today? So I, I started the questioning with a couple of pastors uh, when I did not find a satisfactory answer, I went to God and that's who I should have gone to in the beginning. And I asked that question, uh, what does it mean? Uh, one, uh, wh- what does it mean? Are we saved once, uh, you know, we know that that uh, Christ came and died for our sins, past, present, and future, but what exactly does that mean? So he himself gave an answer. Uh, the following m- morning, um, I, I turned on the radio and I heard three different sermons, one after the other, that gave the same answer that I had received. He also gave me uh, insight into the story, the prodigal, the prodigal son. So the question was, okay, the son left. He had to repent. The father did not go out searching for him. He did not send his servants out to get him. The son had to come back himself. But when he repented, he was received back into the family. But there was a, a king, uh, I think it he had a son named Shalom. Shalom. Um, I read another story where the king's son left and he went out, but he did not repent. He did not come back to his house. Now, both of these young men were still their father's children, but one repented, the other did not. He died when he was out living a life of wickedness. And the Bible tells us that he did not return to his father's home. So that was an indication that once you are saved, if you backslide and fall back into sin and you die out there, then you died separated from God. And I thought that was huge. It was huge. So I began doing research in the Bible and being led by God the entire way to um, take readers through what does it mean to have real faith? What, how does sin impact our life? Uh, why do we repent? What is true repentance? And um, it was a story that he gave me. 
and I uh, wrote it down. And there are a lot of personal uh, examples in, in there of God's movement today. So it, it was a huge project for me. I, I have always enjoyed writing. I wrote mostly fiction up until this point when I began to write about presumptuous faith. And so I highly uh, suggest that you read it, not because of because I wrote it, but because it was something that was definitely inspired by God. He would not even allow, allow me to release it um, for a couple of years after it was written, uh, but now it is available. And I'd like some feedback as well. Yeah, so presumptuous faith. I have some comments. I have something to say about that in terms of, you know, what you said that I want to talk about people, people calling themselves Christian because in this day and age, people are calling themselves a lot of things. People yes, are, and, are. And, and outside of the Christian realm, people are calling themselves, you know, by different pronouns. They're calling themselves them, you know, labeling themselves them instead it. of, yeah, it, them, whatever. And it's getting to the point where the whole our social structures are being attacked and kind of maybe even eroded. You get what I'm saying? And then we're in this point where, you know, if you can do that, why can't you go further and say that truth is relative? It's kind of like truth. You have your truth. You have my truth. We all have our own truth. But then again, that leads to the devolution of like society and everything that just leads to the crumbling of everything. You get what I'm saying? All of our structures, all of, you know, thinking law, everything. Right. Because you to even judge something as right or wrong, you need to have a basis for that. You know, if right. there's no truth, then that screws up everything. Right. But going back to and that's what's happening in society today. I'm sure you guys can uh, agree with that. My mom agrees with that. I agree with that. Um, and I don't agree. In that in that in the notion that, you know, I have my own truth. You have your own truth. We can all have our own truth. And we can call ourselves wherever we want. I disagree totally with that. I'm just gonna we're gonna I'm gonna be straight and honest. I disagree with that. I agree with you. But and also let me just say this too. Uh and, and going back to it and calling ourselves things, when when we talk about people calling themselves Christians, I, I have grown to know that just because somebody calls themselves Christian, it does not necessarily mean that they are following from what I've seen, following in line with what the Bible says, because and now that blew my mind because I'm saying to myself, wait, if this person is calling themselves Christian, they go to church, whatever, I thought that I'd see um, a difference in their lives. Because at the end of the day, you know somebody by their fruit. That's what it says in the Bible. You know somebody by how, they, how their lives are changed by God, by the scriptures. So if, you're, if, you are really following, if you are really Christian, if you're really following in line with what the Bible says, if you're really Christian, then your life will reflect that. It will be a reflection of the light. Absolutely. And I think um, the basis for presumptuous faith is that there are authentic Christians and illegitimate Christians. And that is the basis. It's really outlining what the differences are and uh, taking the readers through a self-examination to examine whether their faith is real. And if their faith is not real, it walks you through a prayer uh, of re-consecration or consecration of, of their lives to, to God. Because there are two different kinds of faith. And if we recall, if you recall, Abraham is the father of faith. Abraham is the father of faith, but Abraham had the promised child, which 
represents legitimate faith. And then he had the child that was chosen by um, himself and Sarah, uh, the child who he had with um, the handmaiden, Hagar. So that represents, he represents an illegitimate faith. So I think, you know, there's a lot of, of interesting information in it. I I do um, highly recommend that you read it because it's it's very relevant for today, especially with the erosion or the deletion of or the attempt to erode truth from life. It is is happening before our eyes. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty scary thing. It's a pretty scary thing that yeah, like you said, the the erosion the erosion of truth. And again, that's an attack that's an attack on that's an attack on everything. It's an attack on our society, the societal structures, right. what you know, and what we kind of what are the foundations of of everything I feel like are. And so that seems like that is an attack from the enemy. Let me just be honest. It is. Attack from attack from the devil. And for you who are listening who are not Christian, attack from the devil, you know, I'm I'm not just trying to pin necessarily everything on the devil, but for this, we as Christians we see this and we say we don't agree with this. We don't agree that people uh, can call themselves whatever they like for example i can call i can call myself a flower it doesn't mean i'm a flower it just doesn't i can call myself for example if i can call myself i don't even know a lizard i can call myself kobe bryant but when i get (laughs) on that court i'm not kobe bryant so uh yeah so i I just i just want to say that yeah that I, i i personally yeah i just don't agree with that and and it's not and it's not in line with what the Bible says as well. So there you go. All right. But yeah, so yeah, I would just I would just say yeah. So I want to comment on that part of things and it's it's kind of scary to me and it's kind of sad to me that there are people who and listen, I'm not perfect either. Let me just say this. And obviously, you know, I would definitely need conviction too if I was not living the Christian life like I claim to be living. Obviously, you know, I believe that I am living that, but for to have somebody, for example, one day, let's just say that somebody, I don't know, they're they're going along their life, they they call themselves Christian, and then one day they find out that their life is not really has not been really living up to that. To me, a wake up call like that is scary. It's kind of like, what what have I been doing this whole time? Right. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's kind of that doesn't sound good to me. So. You know, and obviously we're not we're not even talking about perfection here. You know, nobody's perfect. What we're actually talking about again, seeking God, putting aside setting aside time for God, and actually trying. We're, we're talking about trying here. We're not talking about perfection. Sometimes even me, I have maybe some trouble thinking I gotta say everything right, do everything right. No, it's about trying. So that's what I'm trying to do. But exactly. you, but you know, I think that a lot of people are unaware that they are not legitimate followers of Christ because when you speak to some people and they spend a lot of time in church they hear the words they know you know what how they should behave as a Christian but a lot of of the information is only in their head is intellectual knowledge it's not heart knowledge once the knowledge hits your heart then things begin to change before then it's just you know, you your own you're you're attempting to do the right thing in your own effort. But once the knowledge of Christ enters your heart, then it becomes, you know, 
as you said, no one is perfect, but when it changes from the head to the heart, then that's what changes everything. Then your desires change. It's like, I don't even want to do that anymore. I don't have a desire to do that. My desire is to, you know, live a righteous life, to be holy and set apart. So I think that that's a big, a big thing. If, if, if you are not changing and you have your thoughts about Christianity, but your heart is not drawing you, if you're not maturing, having a desire for the word more and more, then that's a a test to find out if your faith really is real. Okay, yeah. And I'm just thinking maybe, you know, looking back on on my life and my life now, am I, am I, you know, really Christian? Am I really following up with what the Bible says? You know what I mean? Do I have, like you said, desire? Do I have desire to follow the will of God? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do I have mm-hmm. desire to, yeah, just to, yeah, to follow the will of God and maybe, yeah, do I have that? So that's, I guess, where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? Things, I'll be honest for you, for me personally, things have been tough, as you know. You're my mom. Things have been tough for the last year, you know what I mean? Almost two years, I think now. Right. It's been a long years. time. Yeah. But God has, God has been helping me and I've, I've gotten back up. I have, I'm more, I guess I could say more determined, you get what I'm saying? And I'm trying to, trying to accomplish great things, so, yeah. That's a good thing. Trying to accomplish great things, so yeah. Okay, so, that is some, that's some deep, deep stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be honest there. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be quite honest with you. Okay, now, so now we talked about your book a little bit about presumptuous faith. Uh, let's move on to another project that you're working on right now. Uh, it's a play. It is actually. a play. I'm excited. So you just did a book. So why, why are you doing this play? Uh, what's the name? What is it about? And yeah, what, what's, the, what's the goal of this play? Right. The name of the play is called The Lake. And The Lake is a story that was given to me um, when I was praying, it, it's a story that was already finished. So um, it's actually about, you know, the return of Christ. So, uh, you know, one day I was praying and I just heard this this story given to me. And I just simply, I wrote it down. Um, and recently, it's also in the book, I, I, I put it in the book as well. Recently, I was thinking about what the what God has given me. You know, that I was li- doing an inventory. Okay, I was doing an inventory of the things that God has given me, and that was one of the stories. I have other stories, and I decided to make a play out of of it um, to use it as an evangelistic outreach. Um, so this play is the first play is going to. Uh, occur in March, so March 2020, uh, the play will be on stage. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we'll see where it goes after that. Uh, but I pray that it touches many, many people. Yeah, so it's outreach. It's it is it is outreach. Outreach trying to share the gospel. Well, well, you know what? Yes, the world would call it a morality play. But uh, it is um, an outreach because of the fact that most of the things that were given to me by God, most of the stories, when I look them over, 
they all point to the same the same thing and it is the fact that Christ is, is coming back so he wants everyone to know that he is returning um, just as he said that he would and things are pretty dark now and, and they are getting darker so uh, we as Christians should be sharing our faith and we as Christians should be preparing uh, for uh, the Lord's return by repenting and you know spending time with him um, having you know working on that relationship with with God and I want that's the message that I want to give to all the listeners it is not this world is not about us our lives are not about us um, it is about about God and why he has placed us here and and that's that's my message okay and and speaking about like just quickly because we have about five minutes left okay just talking about evangel evangelistic efforts I also want to highlight quickly that so apart from apart from excuse me that's that's the phone but apart from the play and apart from the book you're also doing um, you're also doing other evangelistic efforts you're also do you mind if I share this what you're doing what do you mind if I share what you're doing right now okay what do you want to share no just the just you know helping out with the do you mind Again, I'll I'm say saying it. Okay, it. I will say it. You want to okay. say it. All right. So. All right, so, so okay, so, well, I'm, I I probably should intro them. So, what, well, you don't want to say? Intro who? who are you intro, intro what you're doing. Okay, I'll speak on it. You want to say it? Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. And, right. yeah, just, you know, give some people why you're doing, why are you going, like, to some people, what you're doing right now is, is very far out there, and I don't know many people who are doing what you're doing. So if you can quickly tell them what you're doing right now, service-wise, okay. um, and, then, and then why you're doing it, and yeah, so if you could just All right. Um, there are a couple of things that I do. Um, I work at a homeless shelter. I do some work there, working with families, teaching classes, working with the kids. I also... Um, uh, go door to door um, to speak and pray with people and again uh, I contribute this to the fact that uh, God has called me to be an evangelist so that's what I do I evangelize and um, and he, he he calls all of, of us to all of his people to to speak about who he is but that's just some other uh, a few other things that I do I evangelize. And oh, okay. Is that good? Is that what you want me? Oh, I just was gonna mention it. Uh, hey, okay. by the way, I'm not like guys. I'm not forcing. There's no. There's no forcing yes, he anyone. Yes, no, he's forcing me. No, there's no forcing anything. I'm just kidding. You volunteer. This I is did. all voluntary. It is for for the, my listeners, all future. You know, everyone. You know, I let me just say this is all voluntary. We're all we're speaking about our lives. We're talking about this stuff. So. That's good. But anyways, yeah. So, Mom, I just want to say um, thank you for coming on. And finally, right before we actually end up here, we have like two, three minutes. Uh, for any, any young people, any young people today, now we talked about a lot of things. We talked about your life moving from Mississippi to New York City. We talked about uh, how, you, how your life is now, uh, raising children, looking back on it now, 
how was it like raising children? We talked about now the projects that you're doing with the book and the play, evangelist, evangelistic things, and also uh, the service that you're doing at the homeless shelter. So I'd like you to, if you have any advice for the young people listening to this podcast, which there are many, I'd say probably the majority, if not the majority of them, if not all of them are young, kind of around my age. If you're not, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so for everyone, for especially the young listeners that are on the podcast right now, what advice would you would you give them? Well, you know, it's it's a, that's a huge topic. It's a huge topic because I think that um, this time for young people is it's difficult. I think it's very difficult. I think it's it's challenging. I think it is a time more than ever um, that you know young people have to seek beyond the offerings of the world, um, for lack of better words, at the moment. What do you mean, um, like like things that like what, for example? Well, well, for there, there's a there's a virtual world and there's a the real world, and for younger people uh, who have grown up in this whole virtual world it's not reality it keeps you consumed with what's happening in the air you know having friends having likes you know online that's not real what's real is face-to-face time spending time with people and i think that it has um it has somewhat remove filters i find that some young people they they say things that are are traditionally and 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 things that have been are are that are unacceptable things that you should never even verbalize to you know peers or adults i think because there's this wall where you're online and and you get to say whatever you want in real life you can't do it and I, I don't think that you know they necessarily understand this and I think you know the vile speech the vulgar behavior is just something that's really destroying uh the young people I think that you know like other people I guess in my generation would say spend less time online and spend more time in person because when you spend all that time online you don't develop emotionally emotionally because you learn how to develop emotion by going through ups and downs and so unfortunately this generation is not learning that because they are not interacting with each other and and trying to you know overcome the struggles i mean yeah i think that that is is difficult and when there's a challenge that comes over their world crash i mean we learned how to overcome the things that challenge us but i think that this generation has a hard time handling a lot of things i think that a lot of counseling um centers a lot of psychologists are really booked because of people who are unable to cope emotionally with issues. In this life, there are issues. You know, you have to learn how to cope with them and to overcome them. Um, that's what I think. It's, it's, uh, there's a big disconnect between what's real and what's virtual. 
and um, my suggestion is to spend less time in the virtual world, spend more time in the real world and see God because Christ is coming back and when he gets here, no, there, there aren't going to be any excuses that are acceptable. We either are what he created us to be or we're not. We're either living for God or we're not. Um, so I'd rather be on that living for God side. And, and yeah, that's there what you I have go. To say. Spend more time outside, interact with people, see God, of course. And there you go. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for sharing your story and coming on the podcast. This podcast, Drop Into Life, this podcast is has the mission of see look at that see look at that usually i have it all prepared yes i know the i know the end lines don't worry i've said it five other times <laughs> with this podcast my mission is to share people's unique stories and takes on life this podcast is an extension of my story this podcast is an extension of your story this is drop into life podcast thank you very much guys goodbye until next time